Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Will the Bucks trade up in the NFL draft? And does the league need evidence to punish Jameis Winston? And what's one word, just one word only, to describe the start of this race season? Should the Lightning play Steven Stamkos again before the playoffs? And who you got in the Masters? Your mailbag questions answered and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Bursnick. Before we get to all your questions, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value, and as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com, that's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sports day to take advantage of the deal. That's audibletrial.com slash sports day for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. So before we get started, uh, Steve, I have to tell you the best, the best part of uh, television today for me, at least so far is, uh, and this is why I love sports because you never know what's going to happen. I'm watching the par three tournament, you know, that they play at the masters on Wednesdays. And it's great because all the the legends of the game come back and they play, and, and then one pairing was um, Jack Nicholas and Gary Player and Tom Watson. I mean, it was phenomenal. More on Tom Watson, who won the damn thing in a minute. But but the best moment, it was incredible. They, uh, you know, Jack Jack's seventy eight years old and he's still swinging it in the par three, which is phenomenal. And I, I think Gary Player may be that old or older. Um, so they go to the ninth and final final hole there in the par three, and Jack. Jack has 22 grandchildren or something like that, and they've all he's got them all involved in the par three tournament in the past. And so Gary Nicholas Jr., or GT as they call him, was caddying for his grandfather, and he's wearing the full you know white caddy bibs that they wear at Augusta. And so on the final hole, they hand him a club, and he steps up there, and this is actually what happened. He's figured out that he doesn't need to swing at it as hard as he can. <laughs> a good-looking practice swing. He only needs to swing about 120 miles an hour. So that's a good speed for him. That is courtesy of the Masters. That is an ace. That is an ace for GT, uh, who took one swing and holds it. And his grandfather, Jack, you can hear him say, we talked about this. We talked about this the other day. Um, He had tears in his eyes. It was hard to watch without not getting a little misty-eyed, I'll tell you. It was really great theater and just a great moment. I mean, think about all the moments that Jack Nicklaus has had on a golf course. I bet you this one ranks right up there with it. His tweet today said, quote, With all due respect to the Masters, allow me to put my six green jackets in the closet for a moment and say that I don't know if I've ever had a more special day on a golf course. To have your grandson make his first hole-in-one on this stage, wow. Hashtag family, hashtag memory of a lifetime. 
That describes it all. I mean, literally, he would put those six uh, green jackets in the closet because I'm telling you, the whole day was like that. I mean, it was these three guys, these three legends, matching shots. They all were terrific. I mean, nobody played poorly at all. And Tom Watson wins the thing, wins the par three today. He's 68 years old. Um, it, it was just, it was just great. I mean, you know, the whole, the whole arena of this, but think about again, the big moments to, and, and to have your grandson. I mean, there's nothing like you're, you're watching your kids. And, and I imagine even more so with your grandchildren, um, perform and, 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 you know, watch them play sports and to, you know, to see him pick up a club. I mean, Hey, this is nature versus nurture, right? The guy's 15 years old and he hits the ball apparently a thousand miles, um, but he uh, he he just hit it perfect and it rolls in there from after it landed it must have it must have tracked about twenty twenty five feet into the hole and had just enough steam to do so. I just loved it. I'm, it fired me up for the Masters now. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see them tee off on uh, you know Thursday morning and what should shape up to be because of Tiger Woods coming back because of everybody that's playing well right now with Roy and uh, you know Jordan Spieth and all those guys. I think this is shaping up to be one of the biggest dramatic masters they've had in years. It's definitely going to be one of the highest rated television ones for the first couple of days. We'll see who makes the cut, but uh, yeah. the, the excitement based on what Tiger Woods has brought, the, you know, at Bay Hill and, and of course at the Valspar Championship, the ratings were huge. Yeah, no, if he stays in it for the weekend, it's going to be something else. Okay, so not such good TV was your Tampa Bay Rays, who uh, had about an hour and a half, uh, I guess, rain delay. And they finally got started and probably wish they hadn't. They lose again to the New York Yankees. Blake Snell, the, who had a really good outing his first time, their number two starter, he goes only three and a third, gives up a pair of two-run home runs, including just a massive blast in the first to Giancarlo Stanton. Who didn't know that Giancarlo Stanton was going to hit a home run today after going 0 for 5 with five strikeouts five yesterday? Five Ks. I don't even know what five Ks is. I know like three is the platinum is, is the sombrero gold. or something. They is call it, it the platinum one? Yeah, because three is the golden sombrero. I'm not sure what four is. Five Ks. Um, and then after the home run, I think he struck out two or three other times. But uh, yeah, he threw, him, he threw him a fastball down and in. And I mean, he just uh, demolished it. And so, you know, th- this was. <laughs> This was your starters day. I mean, here's the thing. Like the Rays went into this season saying we're going to have four starters and then and then on 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 the fifth day, if we have a fifth day, we're going to have a bullpen day. It's going to be Billy Bullpen, right? Uh and so uh, you know, and then that that evolved because Nathan Nivaldi uh had the particles in his elbow, so he was their third starter, was going to pitch on every fourth day. And so now that he's out of the rotation, so now you have presumably two bullpen days. And so you go from Billy Bullpen and Johnny Holstaff. Well, if these guys are only going to go three and a third, if we're talking about Archer and them can't get out of the fifth, can't get out of the third, that kind of thing, or the fourth, they're going to have to come up with some new names. How about Carlos Closer? (laughs) Carlos Closer would be good, except that they can't get to a close situation. They'd love to use Carlos Closer. (laughs) They just can't get there. Barney Blown Uh, Save? Now, Barney Blown Save, that's a possibility if they ever get themselves into a safe situation and – most likely would blow. I mean, you, you need Rodney Reliever. You're going to need Freddie Fireman, Gary oh, Gaskin. Like Fireman, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going there's going to have to be. We're going to have to come up with more than just the Billy Bullpen and the Johnny Holt Reggie Rollades. I mean, Reggie Rollades, Rollades relief pitcher. Yeah. I mean, this is it's it's kind of funny, but it's like, I how are they going to manage this? Kevin Cash after the game was talking about well, three and a third is not going to work with any any rotation plan you have. <laughs> as simple as that. So. 
I, I know we're going to continue to talk about this, and we can pick it apart all day long, but we, we've got to have successful pitching, efficient pitching, top to bottom. That's the bottom line. The guys that are penciled in to start ball games, they got to be efficient and get as deep as possible into games to allow a bull, the bullpen uh, the opportunity to come in when they're supposed to pitch. And it was the same. You know what's funny? It was the same Blake Snell we saw the first half of last year, not the second half, because he was, you know, and he says the same thing. I'll be better next time. I was nibbling too much. And he, he's got obviously some mechanical thing where he's, you know, not square to the plate or something's happening where the ball, he doesn't have command of the fastball. And then, you know, he's behind 2-0, and 2-1, and 3-1 and the whole day. I think he threw damn near 90 pitches in, in three and a third innings. So um, he's got to straighten himself back out again. But, yeah, I mean, if Archer, who you know is going to burn through a ton of pitches in five or six innings at best, and, and Snell are your guys that are, that are tagged to save your bullpen – that's a problem. That is really a problem. So I, I don't uh, – we'll get to a question that we have about the Rays but, uh, or two, but I'll tell you, you were talking before the podcast. This team, it, I'm convinced, is not going to hit, but you made a good point about the pitchers they've seen already. They've already seen Chris Sale, David Price, right. Rick mm-hmm. Porcello, and Luis mm-hmm. Severino. So that's three Cy Young Awards and a guy that finished second, I think, last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, these are these are going to be some of the best pitchers they're going to see all year, um, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah. And, and they still got to play teams like the Orioles, who are the same record as them, one and five. And they, you know, and they're, Alex they're gonna, Cobb will shut them down. Yeah, but they're going to face a lot of other pitchers. I mean, how much of this is is just the the type of pitching they're facing? And and the last three games in New York, how much of it the weather affecting them too? Um, yeah, except yeah. that the the you know it was the same weather that the that the Yankees were swinging the bats in. Well, and they what hit. I'm saying is every player is affected differently by kind of weather. I don't you know are, are their players more affected by it? I you know I, I'm not saying. Look, at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to be a good offensive team. They're not a good offensive team. No. Are they going to be better than what they're showing so far? I, I hope. I mean, you know, the arrow can only go up from here. I mean, uh, by the way, a nice start for Kevin Kiermaier. Is he now the face of the team? Is he now the everyday? Uh, you know, superstar that they have because he's he's begun the season two for twenty three with ten strikeouts. That's an 087 Make contact batting average. He needs to make right? contact. Right. Don't swing for the fences. You're not a home run hitter. That's not your game. I know. Hit it to he the gap he, and run. He's trying to yoke everything, and and uh, you can see him swinging. You know, swinging over the ball, and and it's just uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, Kevin Cash looks. Look, they're what are they now? One in five, mm-hmm. is that right? Correct. So the so they've lost in five, five in a row. Start, they've lost five straight, and and only because of their opening day dramatics, when they had the six run inning, you know, in the eighth inning, uh, on opening day, uh, are, are the Rays even have a win? And and if you take you can't take away that inning. There were four walks in that inning and three hits, including an infield hit. But but if you could, <laughs> um, you're looking at one run, one run, zero runs, one run, two runs. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they're just not – they're not getting it done offensively. So between that and then, of course, uh, disappointing outing by Snow. And now, you know, on this road trip, I mean, now you're, you're forced to try to um, spackle together, you know, some, some bullpen uh, appearances. But they had to use, what, two or three pitchers again today after uh, Snow went out. Yeah, today uh, Matt Andrees, Chaz Rowe, and Jose Alvarado all pitched today. Yeah, so that's – those are guys they normally don't want to pitch, but – uh, it's it's grim, um, but listen, we uh, we we asked for it, we got it. We've had lots of interaction uh, with you guys, and we appreciate you listening to the podcast. We 
uh, can always communicate with us uh, on Twitter at SportsDayTB. So let's start uh, with the first question. From, let's do it. From Rooting for UF. In one word, mm-hmm. describe the start of the race season. <laughs> I knew this was coming. I had it in my lead. Um, okay, one word to describe the start of the race season. I would say this is going to be too strong, but I'm going to say it anyway. Hopeless. Wow. I think it's a hopeless start. I think when you when you combine now I know they pitched well. The you know I mean Archer you could you could argue that Archer he hung in there, and Snell pitched okay in their first time around. Second time around they're both dreadful. Those are your aces. Those are your one and two starters. The rest of it has been just a mixed bag of crap. Um, between not scoring runs, uh, they have played good defense. Because believe me, these games could have gotten more out of hand had they not played good defense. They're still playing good defense. Uh, Denard Span had another good catch uh, yesterday, but I, I just they look. Steve, I'm telling you, they look the part. Okay, I, I, in this whole, it's the beginning of the season. I know what you're saying, and you're right. They're not going to face three Cy Young Award winners and a guy who finished second or third. It's not going to happen every day. But I don't. I do not see the cavalry here. I don't see how they're going to put together enough hits. I mean. The way they're built, they're not going to hit home runs. We know that. They, they admit that going in. So you're talking about stringing together a whole bunch of hits. And guess what? They don't string together a whole bunch of hits. I mean, what were the averages again? Pretty bad. The lineup today, their average. Now, granted, it's six games, and, and some of these players haven't played all six. But their batting right. average after today's game now for the lineup that they fielded today is 176, 087, 188, 188, 167, 167, 273, 300, 167. Goodness. So we would call those interstate averages, which, which is I-68, 168, or then the bingo average, which is the case of uh, one Kevin Kiermeyer, because he's at 086, I believe. 087, so yes. yes. 087, so that's a bingo. Oh, 87. Um, yeah, not good. I, I Okay, so my word is hopeless. What is your word? That's a good question. Um, I love the question. It was I would, excellent. I, I, I would probably go with something along the lines of, it's not the right word, but challenging. Challenging. That's challenging. It's, it's been challenging for them in the offensive, you know, in the batter's box. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got to be challenging for Kevin Cash and his staff. Well, uh, I think it's challenging for the fans to start one and it five. It is. It is because, you know, for all the – I mean, it was a great comeback, but they're really before that – again, before that eighth inning, which was a dramatic way to start opening day and, you know, hope springs eternal and all those things. But you you got the idea when Sale, you know, basically, you know, pitched seven or eight innings of, of one-hit ball that they weren't going to score a lot of runs that day, and since then they haven't. But, yeah, challenging it's, – it's a challenging start because – you can you can bury yourself, you know, in the American League East or any division if you if one in if one in five with five straight losses turns into one in, in nine or ten. I mean, just think about that. You're nine games already out of five out of five hundred. And to, to be relevant at all, you have to be around five hundred. To start a game in that deep of a hole when you've got six months of baseball ahead of you. I mean, I guess, you know, the, it's glass half full empty. You know, the good news is we got all this time to catch up. The bad news is we're already, you know, eight or nine games under 500, which is not an easy an easy way to make hay. So, I, uh, 
It's it's I, I hopeless. <laughs> I'm not ready to go that far yet. <laughs> I am because it's because it's one week and and you know one week I out know, of 26 in the baseball season, um, things can change and and you know you're you're facing maybe the two best lineups in in the American League. Um, I probably put Houston maybe up there ahead of them, but beyond that, that uh, Yankees lineup is no joke though. Uh, yeah, I mean it's home run or bust, but they they're going to hit a lot of home boy, runs. They hit a lot of home runs, man. Yes, they do, and, and you know, and, and it was encouraging line. to see what they held Boston to, and you know, not freezing cold temperatures. You know, right. grant the games at the Trop, but you know, how much did that affect Archer and Snell too? I don't know. They didn't say it did, but you know, it, how, well, how hard not, is it I, to spin a ball when your hands are you know cold? Yeah, and, and, it's 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 always going to affect you. I mean, there's it's it's naive to say you don't have any infa- effect. I would just say that that the other team is affected equally. Oh, so. I, I, I'm not saying it's an excuse for losing, but you know, some right. of your performance and you know, is that part of why Blake Snell wasn't as sharp today and nibbling because Could he be. just didn't feel like he had control because you know his finger. I don't know. I, I you know I'm yeah. not a pitcher and and I'm glad I don't live in that weather anymore. Oh my God. I can't imagine people sit through that. It's just that's beyond the pale. It's anyway. tough. It's tough. I've been to many games watching in that weather or worse over the years growing yeah. up in the Midwest, and it's rough. Yeah, for sure. All right, what's our next question? All right, we got lots of questions today on the Bucks, so we'll start there. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, from Irish Bucks fan seven, with only twelve million dollars in cap space, do you see the Bucks doing anything else in free agency? Nothing significant. Um, I, I think the, there might be a player or two, uh, you know, and, and, and this guy is not the player, but, like, you always have the Robert McLean types, you know, who who's out there that could be a, a backup corner or somebody of that ilk that for one or two or three million. But they have really turned their attention now. Frankly, they're out of money. I mean, I've talked to Mike Greenberg who says, you know, look, we, we gotta we got to wait almost until the draft and figure out, you know, what happens. Do we move around? Do we have fewer picks, more picks? Because remember, uh, this $12 million or so that's left under the salary cap, that has to also account for the, dra- the draft picks that you're going to bring in. So uh, really not much room to do anything significant. So I would say that they're done until probably after the draft. And then I don't think it's going to be anything of ilk. All right. Well, Douglas O'Connor asks, how would you grade the Bucks offseason so far? Well, um, they're not off-season champions. That title belongs to the L.A. Rams. Mike, have you seen the L.A. Rams just keep doing – I mean, they're – all these guys have sort of, you know, reasons why they're available. They, they all kind of have these off-field reputations, whether you're talking about Aqib Tlaib or Indomitian Sioux or – you know, but this latest thing, I mean, they trade their first-round pick for Brandon Cooks. I mean, they are – you could say they're going for it, but it's beyond going for it. It's almost like – they're trying to, to compete for the you know the entertainment uh, dollar out there in Los Angeles right now with these named guys, but but, but isn't that part of what you have to do in L.A.? They're still I think they're it still is. trying to build a fan. I mean, they don't have a. I mean, it's growing, and, and obviously last year's success helps. And that, they got but, a new stadium under construction. Yep, they're they're you know it's kind of you know we've talked about you know the, why the Raiders hired John Gruden isn't part of that the Vegas splash yes. of Gruden going to Vegas and selling out PSLs there. Johnny Vegas but in L.A. You're right in L.A. L.A. is the is La La Land. L.A. There's stars, Hollywood Walk of Fame, and they're and they're, so, and they're trying to build a fan base with another team that just moved there too, with San Diego. That's right. So I I do think that uh, that that they're after names in, in part for that reason because they see themselves in the inter, one of the entertainment capitals, and I, I think they're going to that's why they're doing it. So they're the off season champs. I would say that the Bucks. 
you know, these things you can't really judge because, you know, last year we would have given them an A and they were the offseason champs with, with Chris Baker and Deshaun. Um, I'm going to give him – I'm going to give them, and in this case probably Jason Light and his staff, I'm going to give him a B, um, maybe a B minus. Uh, think- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think they addressed the needs that were available. I'll tell you what pushed me over, what pushed them over the edge a little bit is that they couldn't get Robert Quinn. Um, Michael Bennett, you know, ended up going to Philadelphia and he's got a little off-field issues as well. So when that happened, everybody was like, oh, God, you know, the, the biggest need, edge rusher, and here's two guys, you need to make a trade. But then two guys came available that no one necessarily thought would, would be out there, you know. And, and when you get Benny Curry, who the Eagles can't re-sign, and, and he was sort of in a rotation and was underused as a pass rusher, and, and, and you pay him a lot of money, but you get him because uh, there was a lot of teams lining up for Vinny Curry. And then you make the trade for Jason Pierre-Paul, I think that was huge. I think getting two pass rush defensive ends and now Noah Spence can come in on on passing downs. Maybe you move Curry inside or you got a rotation there. You're not putting it all on Noah Spence, which, you know, you see still got the shoulder situation you hope holds up. I think that was big. And then, you know, Ryan Jensen um, was probably the most coveted, uh, one of, or probably the most coveted of offensive linemen outside of um, the left tackle, you know, for New England. But um, I, I think that, I think they addressed a lot of the needs that they could address. Now, they didn't get a corner. They didn't get, you know, some things other than Brent Grimes coming back. But um, I, would, I would give them a B. All right. Well, Gonzo asks, in your opinion, what's the biggest need on the roster? I consider D-line problem pretty much resolved at this point. Well, it is, it is resolved to a point. I mean, I, I don't think it's so resolved that they, you know, would not take a Bradley Chubb, for example, if he fell to them for sure, because you're talking about JPP's 29 years old. So, you know, he's not the long-term answer, but I would say uh, based on what they didn't get, you know, what, what, what could they have used? I mean, again, they got Grimes back. We know that we know they need a running back, but I'm not concerned about that because I think that they're going to address it in the draft. Uh, I think the biggest need for them is, is a corner. I think they have to come out of this draft with somebody who can start potentially outside. If they're saying that Vernon day, Vernon Davis, Vernon Hargraves, uh, who when last seen was, you know, on Instagram, uh, smoking something we don't know, but it was a bad look, uh, is sort of relegated himself already in year two or three to playing the nickel corner, which gets him on the field about 60-something percent of the time. But you don't draft a guy to play nickel in the first round. So already you're sort of admitting that he's not what you'd hoped he would be. I think you can't rely on Ryan Smith. They need to come out of this draft with somebody who can play, and, and fortunately for them, it's a deep draft for corners. There's like 70 of them that were at the Combine, and, and a lot of those guys can play. So right now I'd say they need, they need somebody uh, that can play corner. Okay, well, let, since you bring up the draft, let's go to the draft. We have some questions there. Pewter Cardinal asks, there's a growing contingent that believes that if Barkley, Chubb, and Ornelson are not available at 7, then the Bucks should select Derwin James with that pick. That sounds like a reach. Am I missing something? I don't think it is. I, I don't think you are missing something. Uh, 
I, I think it is a little bit of a reach. And I, I think that this will happen if for some reason uh, those three uh, players you mentioned are gone, and that, that would mean that uh, that potentially there's a quarterback sitting there for somebody, you know, that that fourth quarterback hasn't been taken. Um, I, I would think that, you know, Allen will be gone. Um, you know, at that point it might be like Baker Mayfield sitting there. You're going to get a lot of action, a lot of action to move down. And I think that you look at James – um, you look at Mika Fitzpatrick, you look at several guys that you could live with um, over the next, you know, if say you have to move five picks, are there, is there a player or two or three or four or five that, that you'd be happy with if you jump down and pick up an extra first rounder? So at that point, um, I, I think they probably would move down. I mean, that, that, that would be what I would think they would do. Well, Ned asks, with Light and Cutter on the hot seat, do you foresee them being active during the draft moving up? Maybe not ahead of seven, but later, you know, other parts of the draft. He says, Bucks need to win and improve now if these two want to keep their job. I And I think that's true. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, while they'll feel a responsibility not to bankrupt uh, the team necessarily of future draft picks, I mean, I wouldn't think you'd want a mortgage 2019 since, you know, you may not uh, be here. But it's not unreasonable to think that that they would be active, um, getting back into either the late first round or, or moving around in the second round. They already have, you know, a, a fairly high uh, a pick there. But um, yeah, no, I, I I definitely see them doing some things. I don't think that they'll they'll move up in the first round simply because of the reasons we mentioned. I think they can sit right there and get good value in 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 whether you know if, if those four quarterbacks go at least. They're going to have a nice player fall to them that they're going to be very, very happy with, I believe, a position player. Might be Quentin Nelson you know, or Chubb or, or you know, gosh, in the perfect world it would be Saquon Barkley. But um, I, I think that they will move around in this draft. I do, I do look for them to target a running back. I think there's a lot of them that, are, that, that, that they like, but if there's one within range, yeah, I think they will move in this draft. I think it's going to be a draft full of trades. All right, we'll get back to the, the roster. Uh, Bucks and Magic for Life ask, why do you think it's been so hard for the Bucks to find the right safety combination? Well, um, I, I think that when you have a lot of coaching changes, and uh, I mean, I know Mike Smith is, is back now for what, is this will be his third season. Uh, but remember, you know, each time you make those changes, whether it was, you know, Lovey Smith to Mike Smith and it was Lovey's defense, um, you know, a lot of the drafts that you had prior to that are, are kind of rendered useless. Safety is not a high priority position. And what I mean by that is you don't typically draft those guys very high. I know they got Justin Evans fairly high last year, to say the least. And he worked and he turned out to be a pretty good player as a rookie. He, he, he's had three interceptions and he has great range and they like him at free safety. Um, but it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard position to put a value on. You, you can, you know, they've had the Chris Conte who they re-signed again um, they played Keith Tandy, who had four interceptions in five games two years ago. There are guys you can plug in at that position and and get by with it, especially if you have a rangy guy like they do now with Evans. So I just think it's the value of the position. It's hard to define. You can find a hybrid linebacker safety guy to play in the box. Um, and so, yeah, that's, 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 that's why I think they, they really haven't gotten that combo yet. All right, Traeger asks, as far as the Jameis investigation goes, does the league really need hard evidence in order to suspend Jameis? Unless they know something we don't, it's her word against Jameis. The league doesn't need a guilty verdict to hand out punishment. Right. Well, a couple things there because there's a lot to unpack. Um, it is her word right now 
against Jameis is as far as we know. We don't know what evidence they've collected. We know that Jameis has been uh, very forthcoming in turning over everything he has, phone records, uh, you know, right down to, you know, the, 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 the history of his going in and out of his hotel with his key. I mean, everything. So um, whatever evidence is there, they're going to uncover. And whether her story, you know, is, is corroborated by, by evidence, we'll see. I will say this, and it's something to remember that, you know, she made the complaint contemporaneously. I mean, in other words, she did it in real time. She called her company, Uber, and, and filed a misconduct complaint um, about that trip and alleged, at least, that Jameis was, was the one that, that was the, uh, the offender. Um, but as far as, like, videotape and, um, you know, things like that, I, I don't think there is any evidence. I think there's some witnesses that will say one thing and, and she may say another, but there is, a you know, the real-time sort of documentation. And as far as do they need a conviction, no, they don't. They didn't have one with Ezekiel Elliott, certainly didn't have anything illegal with Tom Brady, Again, I've said this all along. The the personal conduct policy in the NFL is so broad that literally anything they think that you do that casts the league or yourself in a bad light um, can be punishable by by a suspension. So um, the answer is no. They don't need they don't need hard evidence. They just need evidence of misconduct. All right, let's switch gears to the Lightning now, who have two final games this week. Friday, Buffalo's in, in Tampa at Amelie Arena, and then Saturday they're at Carolina. And then the playoffs will start next week, presumably for the Lightning on Thursday night or Friday night, as there is a concert at the arena on Wednesday, so they can't start then. Steven Stamkos missed last game, was hurt. Would you play him the rest of the regular season? I would not. Uh, now, I know, I, uh, Steve, you would know this too. Is there a report that Stamkos has said he'd like to play? He said that mm-hmm. after, yeah, when it, when it, on uh, Monday it was before the uh, after the Nashville game, uh, before the Boston game. He said he'd like to get in at least one game before the rest of the regular season, before the playoffs start. Um, Cooper kind of intimated he'd rather keep him out, but obviously though the doctors will have the first say of anything, and then it'll kind of be up to the team if he's cleared. You know, had they not beaten Boston, I would say this is an easy decision. In fact, I wouldn't be playing Hedman. I might sit Vasilevsky. I might sit a lot of guys, you know. But the fact that they could still get home ice, and, I mean, there's a, a real chance of that. I guess you play it by ear. Um, you know, if you if you trip up in one of these games and, and with Boston having a game in hand, if they, if they win the next two and, you know, they still got Florida um, and maybe Florida has nothing to play for, um, you just kind of kind of measure it that way. But – uh, right now, I would say no. I mean, look, they just beat one of the best teams in their nemesis uh, in, in Boston and beat them handily without Steven Stamkos. So, you know, it's not as if, uh, you know, I'm sure he would feel more comfortable getting out there and testing it before the playoffs. But to me, I, that's the only thing that can get them right now is further injury. So I would be very, very cautious. These games might not mean um, as much down the stretch as we think. I think it depends personally on, you know, exactly what the injury is and what he could do mm-hmm. if he continued to play. I mean, wanting to get a game in before the playoffs so you're not kind of two weeks without playing before your yeah, first playoff game is probably a good thing. But, you know, if if the extra rest would actually really help you, then by all means sit out. I mean, you'd but like you'd like to pass Boston for home ice, but at the end of the day, if you don't, you're still going to be the, the second best team in the East. You're going to have home ice against everybody but Boston in the Eastern Conference. 
Um, you know, so at that point, you know, you're set. It's about getting ready for the playoffs, not winning the, the overall Eastern Conference. Right. And let's assume that, you know, he had an injury, a lower body injury. Then he went out there and aggravated it somehow. Well, he had, how did he do that? Well, he did it by playing. So, you know, he could get, let, let, well, let's say it's a knee. Let's say it's a, a, something lower body. It's an, an ankle. Uh, I think he had sort of a, almost a collision, didn't he, the other night when he ended up going out after the second period. So, I whatever he did to it, he could do to it again, and then and then maybe you miss a couple games to start a playoff series. That's what I don't want. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, you can do all the skating you want between and try to stay in shape, but um, I, I just I, I got to start the playoffs with all my horses, especially my captain. All right, Robert emailed us a question. He said, after the Bruins' uh, victory on Tuesday night, where do you think the Lightning now are going to finish in the playoffs? Because before that game, if you remember, everyone's, yeah. uh, it's, you know, uh, there was a joke running around in the, the press room that they'll be swept in four games and out of the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it was, a, it was a half joke, although, you know, in the NHL playoffs, anything can happen, and that certainly has happened in the past to good teams. But So you know, is the question, but, where but, will they, so, how far will they go? I, I think the question was, is after beating Boston now, has your, um, I, I, I kind of read in between the lines, has your outlook on the postseason changed? Yes. Yes, it has. Um, and maybe that's shallow thinking on my part, but I, I just think that they I think they derived a lot of confidence from that game and, and they have every reason to expect that um, you know, they can go out there and play and, and with that intensity and it was a playoff intensity type game that they're they they can be the best team on the ice. So it has changed. I mean if you kind of circle the drain and you really don't know what to expect uh, I think expectations were heightened, and, and Tom Jones wrote about it in the Tampa Bay uh, Times on TampaBay.com. It was, okay, now you can say after that game, this is a Stanley Cup contender, right? They're not just in the playoffs. They could go to the Stanley Cup and win it. And that's, I think that's what that game did for them. I, I, I really do. So, yeah, my expectations have changed. Have yours? I, I thought all along they could flip that switch um, based on a roster that – a lot of those players were there two years ago when they went seven games against Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Finals, and three years ago when they went, it, you know, took Chicago to six games and lost the Stanley Cup. That right. And and looking at last year, all of a sudden when they needed to, they turned it on. Now they finished one point shy of the playoffs, but you know, the last two months of the season, they were the best team in the NHL. If you look mm-hmm. at record and points, that this team knows how to turn it on when they need to. They they've been there enough times. They have enough experience. Yeah. Um, more than anything, I guess I worried about just how good Boston was playing, how good Washington's playing right now. And I think Columbus is playing pretty well right now, too. Um, yeah. You know, that's what worried me more than the Lightning itself. Although, you, you did, you, there, some of that crept in the back of your mind as they were playing some better teams and maybe not showing enough effort that you would have liked. Um, but, yeah. but I think Tuesday they showed that this team can turn it on when they need to. And, that, and that's, very, that's scary for everybody else in the league. I'm not sure that there's any other sport, um, and and you've said this, and I think I agree with you, that I'm not sure there's another sport where momentum isn't really a thing like it is in other sports. In other words, you could you could limp into the playoffs and then start a series and be dominant. and Or you could be playing great, and then all of a sudden you get in the postseason and somebody thumps you. But even if they thump you in one game, you could come back the next game and shut somebody out. Like it's, 
it's it's really weird to me that hockey just seems to be you're only as good as your last you're truly well, only as good as your last game. I think it's because the goalie can be so dominant. Okay, a goalie can stand on his head and change everything. Yeah. So yeah, and singularly that, he, there's, he there's, can dominate. There's the a game. player in that sport more than any other sport that can change a game. Football's kind of got it with the quarterbacks. But, more than a pitcher, though, like in baseball, more than like Clayton Kershaw. But but, or something like but, that. but Clayton Kershaw only goes one every three or four games, and he's only playing defense. That but, as yes, a goaltender, yes. but but I mean, but but you know, Andre Vasilevsky or Tuka Rask or Sergey Bobrovsky is going to be out there. They're every playing game. every day. They're out there yeah, every right. game. Where Clayton you're Kershaw right. is going to play game one, game maybe four and seven. Yeah, he can't affect more than three games. Yeah. And, and granted, three out of four games, you can win a series. You know, practically with that. But you know, the momentum because you know what happens the next pitcher can be completely mm-hmm. different than the last one. But in in hockey, you know, and the players will tell you that you know. Momentum. There's momentum swings in a game, but game to game, mm-hmm. there really isn't. It's really cool that way. Yeah, and they always say in baseball, momentum is your ne- your starting pitcher, your next day starting pitcher. Well, um, but yeah, I think more so in hockey than any sport. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I, they've been the best team all year, so I don't see why there's any reason to think they can't be again during this playoffs. Look, they have one of the most talented rosters in hockey, if not the most talented. So there's no reason they can't win at all. That's true. Now you have to go I out agree. and prove it. I agree with you, though. I mean, I think the expectations are there. You got to win sixteen games. Mm-hmm. Boy, think about that. Wow, you still got to win sixteen. Well, if you you remember, you know, uh, three <laughs> years ago when they went to the Stanley Cup final against Chicago, they played twenty six playoff games. That's just unreal. Which would tie a record, a which tied a record for the most playoff games ever played by a team. Twenty eight's the max. If you went seven, it's another games freaking in. half season for goodness sakes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we'll see you in June. <laughs> Hey, these were some great questions about the uh, the Bolts and the Bucks and, of course, the Rays of Hope uh, list. And we appreciate your questions. And, you know, now we got to come up with a better bullpen names. We only have, you know, it started with Billy Bullpen. And um, what was the other one that uh, they came? Johnny Holstaff. Johnny Holstaff we, need, yeah. we need more now. So we came we up with Carlos Closer. Right. Freddie Fireman. Yeah. Barney Blown Save. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So we need, we need more of those. So you can – Always uh, tweet us uh, at Sports Day TV, at Sports Day TV, or I tweet myself at NFL Stroud, and give us your uh, your bullpen day because they got it's a thing now. You know, it's they have bullpen days, and and if they're only going to go three and a third as Blake Snell did, they're going to need more bull, bullpen names. Um, so thanks for your questions and and, and your action. So now the the Rays, I guess they must be the uh, the opening day fodder for for everybody's opening day. They're going to open against the Red Sox at Fenway Park. That's that game is today at 2 p.m. So no more day baseball for the Rays. Hopefully the weather will be a little bit better in Boston than it was for this series in New York. And then you have uh, time to root for your stinking Panthers. That's right. The Boston Bruins go down to Sunrise and they play the Panthers tonight. So should the Panthers win and then they play Boston again on Sunday? Then you know at that point, I guess Steve, the Lightning would be in control of their destiny, right? Yeah, the Lightning need the Boston to lose one of these the last three games. They've got two against the Panthers and one against the Senators. So if they lose one of those, then the Lightning went out. And the Lightning will be in first. That's that's how close this thing is coming down to the final few few days in Boston with a game in hand, and in the Masters, a tradition like no other. Past the Butler cabin, across Amen Corner, who do you got, Tiger or the field? I'm going to take. Tiger Woods. I'll take Tiger the, Woods. I'll take the field, but I'm rooting for Tiger. Everybody is, right? I mean, not everybody, but I mean, he seems more human now. He seems very confident. His game is back. Uh, he, this is the place he's had the most success. 
saw a great interview with him talking about how he just loves to to uh, to to compete and and beat the guy that he's playing with. And I, you know, if he hangs around till Sunday, um, I, I give him a, a puncher's chance. So it's going to be a great Masters, no matter what. A lot of guys are playing really, really well. Well, thanks for joining our podcast. We hope you do this uh, every week with us, Monday through Friday, and you can. Uh, rate and review this podcast because you can get it almost anywhere, right, Steve? We can get it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or, of course, TampaBay.com slash sports always has the latest episode. And uh, we appreciate your, your listening, and thanks a lot for Steve Verstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.